0: This week's episode is brought to you by resources. The stuff you need to do, well, anything. Your car, the Nazis, the human body. Everyone's got to use resources. Resources. Because my sister kicks my ass at settlers of Catan. Hey everybody, welcome to Next Nexus at Night. I'm Atlas. And I'm Matt. And there's no Gabe this week. Uh, Gabe got a little tied up with uh, his own engagements, and we also apologize for missing a week. But life gets in the way, so sucks. Uh, what? Just just move life around. <laughs> <laughs> what is What is that? Is is life like a physical object? You can. Yeah, you around? just you just. Uh, oh,
1: I don't want life to to have, to interfere with this. I'm going to move life instead of moving the thing. You know.
0: Yeah. Um, Clearly. Exactly. But we made it 41 episodes uh, without missing a week, so I count that as a win, I guess. Um, it's close enough. Yeah. So today we to this... What? Go ahead.
1: I listen to this one podcast called Constructed Resources. Yeah. They update, like, once every, like, three months or something, maybe. Yeah. It's pretty funny. So they, like, just randomly update sometimes, and I'm just like, what is this?
0: I mean, I guess that, give, that gives them the... Uh the ability to kind of just do it whatever they want like I,
1: I mean, mean it's about it's it's also about a card game so they can't really do whatever they want
0: yeah but, but i mean but but just like the the idea of uh oh it, it, because they update so infrequently when they do update it's like a big deal um I, know, uh, I wish it i wish that were the case yeah like the guy who runs
1: it runs a different podcast called limited resources which is uh magic, updates right? incredibly but, frequently they're like pushing 400 episodes or something
0: yeah, so it's like a, his uh, pet project is the yep aforementioned thing well if the uh, title of the episode and what, uh, what we just mentioned weren't indication enough, we're talking about uh, the concept of resources in Vanguard. Um, and what we mean by that is uh, in, usually in order for cards to do stuff, uh, you need to pay a cost to do stuff. So that includes counterblast, soul, and, uh, I guess, hand cards, depending on the clan. Um, but Alice. Yeah.
1: The new Ganslot they just showed
0: doesn't cost anything. Okay. It, in fact, gives you more stuff. Wait. Isn't this the thing I was bitching about and you were giving me shit for yesterday?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to bring it up right now. Okay. because Because while, while no individual... like. Okay, the stupid part of this card is not that it's disgustingly well. There's also a, you know the G zone resistibility, right? But that's the G zone, which is probably the more. So when it's face up in G zone, oh that it gives all your units with Blaster Blade in their name in yeah. front row resist for literally no reason. All right, so the problem I have with this card is not that I think the effect is like really broken. I think it's just a clearly power creeped, like. Nothing shows you Power Creep more than strict upgrades over other cards. Yeah. I guess I'll say that. It's, nice uh Nice, nice uh, Chrono Fang Rebellion. Type,
0: yeah, nice... Uh... No, that's it.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, so we look at the cost of Excalibur, right? And Excalibur requires, first of all, your Vanguard to attack. Yeah. Uh, which is fine. With power forty-five or 40,000 or more... And then you have to counterblast one, flip up a copy, and then, or flip up a, anything, I think, and then it gains quad drive. And then, if it's power 45,000 or greater, then it gets, um, it gives your front row, front row rear guards 4K for every face up, X, Gallop, and G zone, right? Yeah. And there is no additional effect on this card at all. So, already this card requires a counterblast. It requires enough energy to give your Vanguard forty-five thousand power for the full effect. So, with the stride skill of the original Gallop, you would need another four pumps, or with the stride skill of the Burst Gallop, because this is a burst unit, you would need another three pumps, which could come to playing either three cards from hand or a counterblast and a card from hand, or something of the sort. Yeah. So, we're already looking at two counterblast and a let's say two counterblast and a card. To, let's, to get it to 45,000, right? Oh, wait, no, there's a counterblast for the Burst Gallop, too, so three counterblasts on a card. Yeah. Um, And if you look at Chrono Fang, his skill is, what, bind a card from hand and from play? Yeah, to get your and uh, he, quad drive and crit. Yeah, and he gains quad drive and a crit. So that's two cards and no counterblast, right? Yeah. yeah. Where Ganslot requires... No, well, not just not, not, just not a counterblast. He requires you to countercharge one and gains quad drive and possibly a crit. And then later, he still has an effect later in the game of giving your front row blaster blades resist.
0: What? Yeah. This, this is spooking a lot of people, I think, just because initially there is no cost at the beginning of the effect. So, yeah. Like, there's no counterblast. There's no soul blast two. There's no that kind of stuff. So people are just looking at it uh, and going, "Well, this is more than free. This just gives you shit for free." Um, and so, so, I believe
1: the way the card is worded, and you can correct me on this if I'm wrong, is that you need to countercharge to gain this effect.
0: Uh, let's see. No, it, wait. Hmm. Yes, like countercharging is the first thing that happens
1: so let me let me take a quick glance at the card again so I don't say something stupid, which I mean I'm going to do anyway, but I might as well try to uh, mitigate right. it as much as possible yeah. but so I just wanted to kind of you know use this as kind of a nice segue into resources let's see it says when this unit attacks you have a hard card blah blah. blah. Countercharge one and then, oh, no, it's just you don't even need to countercharge. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. The, the, oh, so you don't the, even need to do that. The cost, quote unquote, is Alfred or Blaster. Um, oh. No. And then not so much a cost more.
1: Dang, of- it isn't so.
0: What do you mean? That's such a difficult restriction. Oh, sarcasm. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So somehow... He's, you've gotten so good at it that it's just right on the line. Like, it always takes my, a second for my brain to catch up. All right, so how much should
1: we should we count a counter charge? How, how many cards or resources do you think a counter charge is worth? Okay, right? so... Oh, uh,
0: before we should probably define that first, because oh. this is going to come in... So when we say something is worth a card, we mean that it is a card in your hand or on the field that you can make use of. So, for example, if you, uh, like, Jeffrey from Gold Paladin, where he puts himself in soul and draws a card after he boosts, it ends up being a wash, because you lose Jeffrey, but then you gain a card in hand. But he is still worth one card, because you gain a card in your hand, as opposed to Mm -hmm. Jerry, the stand trigger, where he puts himself in soul and countercharges, so you don't get an immediate benefit, but you open up the possibility for other cards to do whatever it is they want. Um yeah. in to general, keep it simple
1: to yeah. start with. Uh, I because I know uh, a lot of listeners might be thinking at this point, like, oh, but it's not quite you know clear for every clan. It's not yeah. one one specific card doesn't equal one random card. You know these kinds of things. And that's we're, let's just keep it simple for now, and we'll get into the uh, uh, what's how do, how do I say uh, specific stuff later? hmm. But go on, sorry.
0: Okay, so uh, I think like you were gonna say, like, to, I think to keep it simple, we should define you know, a card like either getting you a unit or a card in your hand should mm-hmm. count as a card. And something like Soul or Counterblast counts as half a card. Or
1: mm-hmm. You can
0: unflip. Um, that, that's how I use it. That's how I think of it. But again, it varies from clan to clan. Like, for example, in Pale Moon, a Soul charge doesn't really help you much because that's what the clan does anyway. So it's just kind of redundant. Um, and then, you know, by, by contrast, in. What's something with a good unflip engine? <laughs> I can't remember. With a good unflip engine? Yeah, like like stupidly good. Oh, uh... Yeah, it's, it's like, like the best example for this. I mean, Gold Paladin does come to mind, but they also counterblast a lot, so it's just the unflip engine is good for what it is. Um,
1: you were saying, like, an unflip engine that's just way too good?
0: Yeah, like, where, it, where like... They, they can't spend counterblast fast enough. Uh...
1: Oh. Does not... It's possible that what Nova Grappler post GBT ten is in this position.
0: Yeah, maybe. Um, and with
1: excessive uh, the counterblast problem, like, is much yeah. more rare.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I guess that counts for like no like Nova Grappler, where I, you know an unflip just doesn't quite have the potency it did a few sets before. Mm-hmm. Played all mechanic. Um, Messiahs
1: does have a very strong counter charge engine.
0: Yes, it does, with uh, Sacrifice Messiah and the Chameleon that allow you assume, to...
1: Assuming you draw one or the other.
0: Yeah. Um, in terms of... Th- that's another thing that uh, comes to mind in terms of like things being worth cards. That's what I think makes Gear Chronicle and the Three Paladin Clans so strong. Is mm-hmm. that, like Just by nature, is that you can get the things you want just by what they do. Um. By you know the the way time leap works, or calling, uh, you know calling grade twos ones brave top of the deck doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Whereas things like, uh, you know, Aquaforce Tachikaze Great Nature, you know, th- th- anything that has to draw into the its units to do the things they want, you know, it it, it makes it harder to. uh have your just, like, resources gained by, you know, calling stuff back or, like, multiple attacks and stuff. It, it's just, uh, mm-hmm. it's harder Burn me.
1: Right. <laughs> so, I think, like, you mentioned a Gaia, and, like, if you want to talk about, so everyone talks about how, like, Gaia's stride skill is, like, incredibly strong.
0: I mean, that's mostly you, and i'm I do agree with you though
1: I mean, i I would hope everyone would agree that Gaia has I think Gaia has one of the best stride skills in the game. yeah, and it just comes down to like n- like the value that you get out of one counter blast for his stride skill. Yeah. so his stride skill uh, retires two units, or like you give two units a skill that when they're retired, they call themselves back. And the way this works for Tachikaze is a lot of the new strides have the engorge so You can eat multiple rearguards. And so if you're talking about eating Gigant, right, normally you have to retire three units to gain 15k and draw a card, and then these things would call themselves back. Well, so normally you'd pay three units for a card and 15k, right? Yeah. So three cards for 15k power and another card. So two cards for 15k power. Which is not great. Yeah. Because your opponent can easily spend two cards to say your attack does nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um... But, what this is saying is, like, actually, with Gradle Gigan and Guy's Stride Skill, the attack is free. You're paying a card for a new card, and this, you get to choose which card you retire. So it could be just a draw trigger, it could be, um, a, you know, just a unit you don't care about anymore. Like, you get to choose what card you're getting rid of. So that gives you a lot of value, saying that I'm trading a subpar card for a fresh card,
0: yeah. which is a plus.
1: Well, um it's also
0: a plus if you pick baby camera which when eaten gets you another card and because if you pick that for guy stride skill, that ends up being just a raw plus 1.
1: Uh yeah. So once we if we ta- tag on baby ca- camera we're paying two counterblast for a plus 1 and an extra column attack. Which is a big game. Yeah. So two counterblast for a plus 1 was the old value. Back in ye olden days of Vanguard, so in ye olden days you had cards like uh, on hit counterblast two draw card. You had cards like on play of a grade one five K soulblast two draw card. Um, you had things like on play soulblast two countercharge two. I, I'll buy. It, I'll be it later. And a an, an Nova Grappler had an on play countercharge one, right? But what's great about seven K grade ones? that have like effects like that is that you pretty much still have like a useful unit. What do you mean? Oh, like yeah. It's not substantially different than an AK in most matchups. At yeah. least now. And you get a free like useful thing out of it. This yeah. is what makes grade 1s with abilities so good in like m- almost every deck.
0: And th- that's is why that... the idea of like AK vanilla's is outdated.
1: Right. So, 8K vanillas were really strong when people were still playing things like cross rides or 8K grade twos. Like then, then 8K vanillas mattered a lot more. Like back when OTT was good, you know, they would have to play 8K vanillas to make Silent Tom hit numbers against 11K vanguards. But now, pretty much everyone plays exclusively 11K vanguards. Yeah. So having the 8K vanilla, or even having like 12K attackers, or something like that, is just not relevant.
0: Yeah, and then another thing with the 7k with abilities, uh, another good example of this is in Great Nature, you have uh, Coiling Duckbill and uh, Mikesaburo, Mike, whatever you want to call it, that when they're mm-hmm. placed, you give something uh, the red text that when it's retired during your end phase, you, in the case of Mike, Surge Rate 3, in the case of Duckbill, draw a card. So what happens is you are playing a bunch of cards from your hand and picking something that you're going to give more power to and power is another thing to keep in mind because you know the the way guarding works is you can take more cards out of your opponent's hand by you know doing up an in increments of 5. So by putting you know multiple dopes or you know power things on your uh rear guard when it dies you then you know get the same amount of cards that Mike and Duckbill were worth. So you're losing, your um you're replacing them in your hand. um and then on top of that, you like the, the thing, you know, that died from the field is getting replaced in, you know, in your hand. So you're gaining resources while, you know, losing something for minimal cost. Um
1: Yeah, it has the same kind of thing of the Tachi scenario where you get to ch- choose what you get rid of. Yeah. We you have the bonus where like the first Mike Saboro or Duck Bill is like a break even and then Every additional one is now value.
0: Yeah. And then the in your early game, if you have multiple of these, they're hitting 14, which is hitting, you know, uh, a, like your opponent has to guard with a 10K shield uh, if they're on grade 2. Mm-hmm. So that, that's what makes them so strong in the early game. In the other direction, though, uh, Boucher Road seems to overvalue power when it comes to Dimension Police in... Uh, what we just mentioned like you know however many minutes ago with uh, grand gallop where mm-hmm. you're spending resources counter blast, rest uh, you, you know getting rid of cards soul blasting for power that is going to go away and unlike great nature it doesn't refund you for doing this
1: yeah so this i've never i never, don't really understand the direction they want to take with cosmic heroes because great nature like power increases are free for the cost of like the cost of basically you're going to lose the unit later but the way the affa- effect stack make it work so much better but stacking just raw power in dimension please doesn't is not really going to gain you advantage and now and like maybe a long time ago before like triple drive it would have gained you more advantage when people just weren't almost always guaranteed to have a pg and like now there's a deck that can almost guarantee the have pg every single turn um it's just like the power gains you put on vanguard is
0: not going to matter. Okay. Like ever. <laughs> so why like is it because the you know the resources you're spending for great nature will get refunded as opposed to just cosmic heroes where you know it typically you're doing this on a stride so the thing goes away anyway. Um yeah. But... If it did that defensively, would that be better? Or,
1: I mean, I think yes, of course. I mean, you look at a clan like Angel Feather, you know, who does their gimmick both offensive and defensive. Or I, I'm call, well, I'm saying their gimmick, but I really mean it's Nurse of Broken Heart, uh, along with you know No Seal Grade One, or along with Rescue G Guard, you know, all these like they can just do their gimmick on their opponent's turn and still get like power effects from it. But Dimension Police has, like, a card that gets power in an opponent's turn. And the rest of it's like, man, I hope I get a trigger or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Stuff you have no control over.
0: I think it should also be noted that uh, the idea of trigger thinning in general is often overlooked when people are talking about just card advantage. Because triggers are you know, have the possibility of making your opponent waste cards by going two to pass, and then you get two triggers, so the guard doesn't matter. Uh, they also are, you know, better shields in and of themselves, and lately they've uh, all, you know, a lot of traders have been having these effects that, you know, are incredibly mm-hmm. important. See most stand triggers that do things, Dreaming Dragon, Belial, Al, Belial. Belialal, Belial? Whatever. So Belial. <laughs> so the the idea of trigger thinning where you get the things you don't want to drive check, you don't want a to top deck out of the deck doesn't really get thought of. It's usually just an afterthought, like, oh I'm how how like how did you double crit me? What are you talking about? I've been calling grade twos out of the deck all game. You know, there's a higher chance but, of me getting crits.
1: Yeah, with that being said, um, a lot of clans just don't have access to that same kind of thing as other clans do. True that. And, so it's difficult and it's also difficult to say like how much more am I willing to pay to slightly to increase my chance of triggering slightly? Like But Bushiroad, Road, the company, I don't think thinks that way as in terms of cost. Because they're like great counterblast two, call unit. Now it's like counter blast one, soul blast one, call unit with a condition, or counterblast one, call unit with condition. Yeah. You know, or kind of one, do something else, call a unit, maybe with some condition. But they're. I don't think they're really thinking about people paying more for this ability to keep trigger, like, to have less normal units in their deck. Yeah. I don't think that's something Bushiro thinks about. And that could potentially be why Paladins are just je- more likely to be broken or better clans. Yeah. Well, I mean... That and the obvious that they just get better cards than their clans, so just strictly in every way.
0: Yeah. But I do think that it, it is something to be considered that they can, you know, find whatever they need to at any given time, depending on what planet it is, uh, mm-hmm. you know, due, due to the nature of the clan. Um, another thing to be noted is, I think this whole medium of aggression has come about partially due to how you know crazy late games can be, but also because every, you know, deck starts out equally. You have your starter, you draw five cards. Every deck starts out the same. So with a lot of these, you know, variants with early aggression, they have it so they can, you know, put their opponent against the wall before their opponent can do the things that they want to do. Mm-hmm. Which is why things like Tank Mammoth and like I said before, Duckbill and Mike Sabro have so much utility at any time of the game because it allows you to do whatever you want any time of the game. Sure. Um and then that's the thing with GB One too, where uh you know, someone looks at that red symbol and they go, Well, do I really want to run this if I can't do it until, you know, I hit grade three at the least? Mm-hmm. Um
1: I mean, the early, the uh, ability to play early game also just punishes people, you know, or decks that are forced to run a bunch of GB1 cards. Like, there are some clans that just can't afford to run cards that aren't GB1. Yeah. And so, like, these early game, so this GB1 has turned into a much bigger cost than I think uh, was originally intended. Yeah. (laughs) We've seen this for on decks like ripples and uh, grade one rush later.
0: Yeah, and people are gonna people are gonna keep doing that, which or mm-hmm. you know they're they're gonna try and find ways to win with like after getting around the the normal thing. During, were you around for Legion era? Uh, a bit of it, yeah. Okay, were people doing like a similar thing of just you know stay on grade two or? There was enough limit break where you couldn't really do that. Oh, okay. So, so it's mostly just the stride era where, you know, you couldn't do anything without striding, as opposed to Legion, where there was like older cards still had that relevance. Yes.
1: Yeah, so in Legion era, there's there wasn't like like people didn't there weren't a lot of cards that were restricted to being in Legion. Yeah. So a lot of people's units just still had effects even outside of Legion. Hmm. Where that's not the case now.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I, like, the, the the whole concept of, like, give me a box and I'll play to the edges definitely, uh, you know, comes into play as, as the stride era came around.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, when they start giving clans, like, so much support that, like, people look for ways to negate uh, the strongest clan's uh, advantage and... Since the uh, the downside of Gear Chronicle for a long time was the inability to really play much at grade two, people were like, "Oh, we'll just never ride to grade three
0: Yeah.
1: And well, and look where that got us. We got us that world, that faded world, where there was like three Aquaforce. The
0: faded world.
1: The world, the world, the U.S. or the oh, sorry, the Western yeah. World Championship that gotcha. had like three aquaforce players and something a metalburg I think.
0: Yeah, and that, that was that was the guy that lost in the finals, and yeah,
1: then you that, look at our last worlds. Oh. Yeah,
0: and that that was that that was you know not televised worldwide, but it was shown, and that was the finals, and you could just see the kind of like hope draining out of the D-Police player because he's like, well, I fucking can't do anything. That that world yeah. spurred Bushy Road to make a card for people, to, so like for people staying on grade two, they can do something. And even then, yeah, well, let's, like people what, saw that and go, okay, seven C's, let's do it.
1: <laughs> yeah, now it's just grade one rush instead. Yeah, yeah. Um, so back on the topic of costs, so I think we should set down some baseline equivalences. Yeah, uh, that the game has kind of given us, um. So like I said the old style was a counterblast 2 gain a card of some kind.
0: Yeah.
1: Like somewhat repeatable. This was the original ones were on hit.
0: Yeah.
1: Um you of course have the luckbird variants which are soulblast 2 draw a card so you're basically paying 3k power and 3k power permanently and two soul for a card immediately which That's... is I think a pretty good trade. Yeah. Uh, and... A lot of people play luckbirds if they have the soul to spare. Yeah, y-
0: y- and also it was just to replace the you know, resource of, of like, showing up on board. And OTT has a lot of, uh, like, modern OTT has started doing that more, like Precious Ophidian and all that stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Precious Ophidian now changes it to, um, if you have an Orc, a Vanguard with the Oracle ability, and a, it's a 6k grade one, and you can Soul Blast one to draw a card. And that is not GB restricted. So they've equated... Uh, 1k permanent power and one soul with having
0: a vanguard with the oracle ability. So they've just narrowed the focus a little bit,
1: right? So they're saying, "Okay, you need to be on an oracle vanguard." And there's lots of grade two oracle units that are worth playing, uh, like that grade two guy that on attack kind of buffs one check top five for an oracle, uh, and uh, the 8k if you're at oracle gains 2k permanent gains 2k continuous, and then yeah. it's a special interceptor for oracle, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so both those are both solid Oracle Grade two rides for the Ophidian to work. And what's cool about the ten K is that the Ophidian makes sixteen with it, mm-hmm. uh, and w- it makes eighteen with um, the other Grade two, assuming they find an Oracle unit. But if they're playing around twenty one Oracle units, they have a ninety five percent chance to hit one. That's good. Um, yeah. So, there, so basically, the on attack counterbus one gain a card, uh, with the restriction, and it's got to be a certain card. some, yeah, some deck building restriction. Let's say, okay, um, which is kind of just a wildly different, which is wildly different than what how cards operated before. Uh, like, if you look at the original Alfred, so this is you know set one Alfred. This guy was on play, counterblast 3, search for a unit. Was he any unit or a grade 1? I don't remember.
0: Uh, here, search for a unit and call it. Uh, here, King of Knights, Alfred. Also, part I, I think it was just Act, you could do it. But here, let, let me wait for the page oh, to man. load. It was, yeah, Act, Vanguard, or Rearguard, counterblast 3, search your deck for up to one grade 2 or less Royal Paladin. Call it R.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that card. I and mean, that card was good, and uh, it cost counterblast 3. Old Dragonic Overlord, Counterblast 3. And these Counterblast 3s for Alfred was a card. The Counterblast 3 for Dragonic Overlord was typically two cards out of your opponent. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like these things are pretty nuts. Even for back then. Yeah, right? f- for, for back then now, it
0: was... Yeah.
1: Now, now people would never Counterblast 3 for two cards. Ever. Like, like, if you saw a card and it was Counterblast 3, draw 2... Or kill two units, you'd be like, no.
0: I mean, like a good example of this is, uh, Primavera Neo Nectar card. So mm-hmm. that's counterblast three, and you can get, or is it like up to five things? But because of the counterblast, it's calls, counterblast three, discard a card. Discard a card. So you you would get. Uh... Wait. Sorry, it. Uh... I, I I've gotten flattened by Alvin like six times. High Alvin. And, okay, 60 is more likely. Okay, so counterblast three, choose five normal units, put them on top of your deck, and discard. Tax a vanguard if you do, choose up two of your rear guards, search your deck for up to two cards with the same name, call it the separate R. So you're paying, Uh, it. it, it you know, if you're using my system of counterblast counting half a card, that is two and a half cards to get two cards. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, economically better than the, you know, two counter blasts for one card. But still it's uh you know, not a lot of people like this. Um I know our Alvin is kind of the only one I've met in recent memory who likes using this.
1: He doesn't really like using it, he just has to sometimes.
0: Yeah. But it it still does what he needs it to do, which is kill kill his opponent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, the counterblast three cost is very high. He
1: uses it when he's very far behind, for the most part.
0: Yeah, um, and, and it searches
1: I, your deck for four cards, actually.
0: Oh, two cards are the same name as each of those units. Yeah, so never mind. You you can. Uh...
1: So you're basically paying what two and a half cards for four cards. So you're you're up a card and a half. Yeah, but what the what the bigger thing that counts here is all the bloom effects.
0: Yeah. Which can, you know, it, it's going off, like, fireworks back and forth, and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the everything's glowing, and there's numbers going up like it's a slot machine, and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, so,
1: as you start adding these the bonus sides, which is what a lot of the balancing difficulty comes in, is that a lot of abilities have, like, extra effects, right? Yeah. So, like... The old restanders uh, for Vanguard were kind of like, like let's say the Shadow Paladin or Dark Rex were kind of like Shadow Retire 3, restand a guy. Yeah. You know, discard 2, restand this, gain twin drive. Something like that, right? Yeah. And so you would be losing cards here, right? So, like, let's look at a Spectral Duke Dragon. It's Retire 3 units, um, restands, loses twin drive. Yeah. So you have one drive check. So you're losing two cards on, in this exchange, mm-hmm. but uh, if you hit the ride chain, you plus cards to begin with. Yeah. And secondly, um, it's making your opponent guard again.
0: Yeah. Which is a big game. Yeah. So like the in a vacuum it looks stupid, but uh, it, it, I think the the card or I just butchered sure assumes that due to the, like how Gold Paladin works, you would have enough rear guards to where you can just get more without much effort. You know, mm-hmm. or, or the if you can stack traders on it. And this is why things like Next Stage are so crazy, because you don't really have to pay that much. Um, where, you know, like Spectral Dukes, Counterblast 2, Sack 3, this is Counter, uh, Next Stage is Counterblast 1, Discard 3, and you know, the and because you triple drove, you will always have the resources for that, as opposed to Spectral Duke, where you have to have the things already on board. <sighs> Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, the thing you're restanding isn't next stage himself. It's, uh, you know, the regular chrono jet, which yes, it will, that's five drive checks, which is, I don't know if you know this more than three. And, uh, uh-huh. on top of that, e- both chrono jets have a benefit to being in GB two, which is either 16,000 and guard restrict or a lot, possibly a lot more than that. Which, if used at the right time, can just be like a knockout punch.
1: Mm-hmm. So, one common thing is, what's the value of making your opponent guard? Um, and I think this is kind of a difficult question to answer. So, if you make the assumption that they're a 5 damage, it's very easy calculations. Uh, if you attack for pl- you know, stage 3, you know, uh, 11, 10k above their vanguard, they need a 15k shield to guard, which is a card and a half, say. A 10k shield and a 5k shield. And you can get... With the potential to draw... To gain extra cards if your opponent doesn't have 5k shields. Um, then there's like... the situation where there are 4 damage. Where is this the attack that we're taking? Like... It, it, it gets... The value of a damage gets substantially less. The lower damage your pal Or the value... Of a high-powered attack is substantially less the less damage your opponent's at. Yeah, I so, guess is what yeah. I'm trying.
0: So, so, so if you're hitting for you know like 27 when they're at one damage by a rear guard, you just go screw that. Just take it. You know, and, and they're like oh,
1: you got me. I'm at two damage now. Yeah,
0: and that that that's why on hit effects have you know value because mm-hmm. yeah, you may like if you're at low damage, it's not going to do much but if you get another bonus off of it then that counts for a lot more than it did before
1: Yeah, like that stupid silverthorn grade 2 that can just go infinite if you keep taking damage
0: holy fucking shit i hate that thing that and the, <laughs> and the grade 1 version <laughs>
1: it's so like uh 16 yeah. you're like take it they're like hey uh 16 you're like wait
0: <laughs> that wasn't there before i need i need <laughs> to i need to actually guard this <laughs> I think that's what made like all these decks with multi attacks uh, matter, because uh, as the game increased card advantage in general increased, where you know things are costing less and less. You know, see Spectral Dude versus Next Stage. Um, so the I'm hitting for you know thir- like I'm hitting for twenty six, you know, a few years ago and before the age of G guards meant a lot more than i'm hitting for 26 okay drop one card g guard we're good move on
1: yeah assuming your client has g guards that can do that (laughs) p.s Murakumo cannot do that yes um yeah and that that's i think a really big uh a really big change is the fact like i think it's kind of underestimated how powerful g guards are so if you have a heal turning into 20k worth of shield you're effectively turning one heal trigger into two into two cards so you're gaining a card at virtually no cost.
0: Exactly. Um, which is
1: insane. And yeah. if you look at some of the G guards that are like 10k shields, right? Now you're getting like a card and a half for no cost or maybe a mild condition. Um, you, If you look at the angel feather G guard, if you hit a trigger, you're get, you know, you're gaining a whole, you know, not only a card immediately for, you know, kind of well, I should, I say kind of Boss one, but we know it's not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, for, quote, counterblast one, end quote. And uh, you actually gain additional cards because your Vanguard's now larger. Even if you don't get a trigger on damage, if you have a broken heart anyway, you're gaining cards,
0: or, you know, fractions of cards by just these broken hearts existing. Yeah. So I guess cards also translate to 5,000 in shield, too. Right. So, and sh- these, sh- go ahead, sorry. These 2,000s you're gaining off broken heart
1: can really mess up attack numbers. Aquaforce. If your opponent's setting up, yeah, if your opponent's playing Aqua Force or you know setting up a bunch of small eleven k attacks like Year Chronicle or they've are somehow not paying attention and playing Grambler and didn't fix their columns already, then you can you can you gain a lot of advantage by making your vanguard ever so slightly bigger. like you're, you can say, hey, I'm across right now. Hey, I'm bigger than that now. Hey, my vanguard is base twenty seven k. You can't hit me for the rest of the turn. you know, yeah, which is just insane. And so a lot of these clans that can afford to give up for stride are ones that can gain a lot of advantage from their G guards.
0: Yeah. Um I think G guards were both good and bad for the game, good in that the, you know, person striding second wasn't totally just, you know, cluster fucked. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's assuming they had it. But also it it's kind of bad because uh it's making this multi attack meta um like, the idea of guarding just with a heal trigger on its own is agonizing now. Yeah. Like, if your opponent is rushing you a grade 2 and you have to guard with a heal to not die, it, it feels like you got, like, just ripped off, almost. <laughs> uh, like, even going back and playing legacy format where just BTO1 to BTO9 and all the extra boosters— we gotta do that again sometime, by the way— uh, like, guarding with a heal trigger, it, it, it's like trying to unlearn years of abuse. You're just like, oh, yeah, I can just do that.
1: I no, not know. I have hey, no so, problem with it when we play that format. Yeah. I'm just immediately settled in and playing Zeal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Snug as a bug in the rug.
0: In a rug. rug.
1: Um. I mean, I think that format, like managing cards or managing, you know, how many cards, you know, your attack's worth is just so much easier. Like, PGs change up the math a little bit, but not like, like, you know, PGs are still two cards. Yeah. Like, there's a cost to using a PG. But G-guards are pretty free overall. Yeah. And And it's not just the multi-attack things that, well, it's, I guess, this is more in the continuation of how they pushed everything to more multi-attacks, is that you can't just play, like, large guard district vanguards anymore. Yeah. Unless they get like substantially large, like to the point where the G guards aren't good enough.
0: I th- I think the, um, the like line, the line used to be, uh, you know, 26 for the most part. Cause that would, mm-hmm. that would cost, you know, two 10k shields to be one to pass. Uh,
1: where, I think 41 was a bigger number than 26, but yeah.
0: Um, well, I mean, like, hitting for 26 with Guard Restrict was, you know, almost a oh, death sure. sentence. Compared to now, I think you got to hit about 41 or so. At least that. I, I think yeah. it's larger than that now. But, uh, but yeah. Um. Well, especially if you're one of the clans who has the 41 kg guards, you can just go, okay, Arlem, put two Chrono Chits back, guard with a 10k, I mean, we're fine. You mean one of the three main clans? Yes, one of the three main clans. I think the other problem with uh,
1: G Guardians is just how uneven they made them. Like, if we look at the first Fighters Collection where G Guardians came out, so this was about a year ago now. Yeah. And you look at the G Guardian for a clan like Aqua Force, right? What is this like first or second battle first, plus five K shield or something? Yeah. And then you look at the G Guardian for Narukami, which is Thunderstrike one plus five K shield. Right. Yeah. You're like, oh, I've you know that you have. To, they have to do something to get their 5k. Yeah. Like, actively do something. Or have something be yeah. done to you. Yeah. And then you look at freaking Gear Chronicles, and it's like, let me put this heal trigger and another card I want back in my deck, and it gets 5k shield.
0: Yeah. This is, like, not a condition. Or Dark regular Soul Charge 2. Or Pale Moon, Charge yeah. Top 3, put something in, like, it, it wasn't hard, uh, like... The G-guards where you had to either have something already there, like Murakuma or mm-hmm. Shadow Paladin, or have something like that your opponent can control to an extent, you know, case in point, the Aqua Force one. It it just created a disparity from the get-go.
1: Yeah, like some G-guards, they help themselves, like the best G-guard that Genesis has, Iris. Yeah. Like it's like, oh, let me help myself and guard your attack. And then there's stuff like you know Murakumo or Narukami where you're like, you better meet this condition. Yeah, it's just like why? It's like these
0: are so uneven. Yeah, I mean compared to like the other you know clan exclusive stuff with keywords, I think Bushiro did a pretty good job of balancing everything to an extent. Um, you know, so- I'm, I'm saying that the, I'm saying
1: that's not the case. With like keywords? the fact that some of these G guards yeah. help the user in addition to guarding the attack, and some just require a condition to guard the attack, you yeah. know, for 26k, say, is really stupid. Yeah. Like, the Narukami one's not, your opponent binds a card from drop plus 5k shield, which would have made more sense if you look at it in line with the Gear Chronicle one or the Genesis one.
0: Or Murakumo put two things with the same name on the bottom of your deck.
1: Like, you know, s- something. Yeah. Or put a normal unit on the bottom of your deck. you know something, something You know, something like that like but it's just not and i and i and i think that even from the get go g guards were horribly
0: uneven and it it sucks even more cuz when they followed it up with other stuff they just made it worse like yeah like uh what's it called Mur- Murakuma with your you move something to guard circle and then grab another copy of it from deck or something
1: mm-hmm. right
0: and then Aqua forces okay i yeah, first and second battle this is first or fourth or more and I'm like, where's the third battle one only? Because that's usually, like, much like comedy, Vanguard has a rule of three where the third one is always the, you know, the big attack. No? Fuck it? Okay, I guess I'm screwed now. Like, it it, it just doesn't feel good. Um,
1: oh, the old third attack against Aquaforce for 26K. All oh, the best.
0: Yeah, that, that is, well, because you usually go, it, you know, if it's Vanguard only... Or if it's Vanguard first, then you would PG that or take it or whatever. And then second one is usually to serve the third one. You either call the unit or call it back or something like that. And then just the third one is always the important one, which bo- which is so annoying and necessitates the use of screw, which, again, is annoying because originally that was just put in that fighter's collection to pair with your 5kg guard.
1: Mm-hmm. And um, it, you know, basically turned a random card to a 10k shield. Yeah. Which is fine upgrade. Like, grade 3s lose a lot of inherent value later in the game, especially when you have in multiples. And so turning it into a 5k shield is almost like gaining a card completely. Or um, 10k
0: shield, right? It oh
1: yeah, sorry, 10k yeah. shield. It's like gaining a card completely. Yeah. But um, you have these effects which aren't, aren't quite worth a card. Like, I don't think Soul Charge 3 is quite worth a whole card for Genesis. Yeah, I mean it's probably like a third of a card or something like that.
0: Well, in Genesis, uh, three Soul Blasts is t- like usually equates to one Counter Blast because a lot of things are like on you know on attack Counter okay. Blast one Soul Charge three. So so
1: let's say half a card. Yeah. So you're so this Genesis G Guard is gain half a card, gain five K shield. So gain half a card, gain half a card. It's gaining gain a card basically. Yeah. Right. From the base fifteen K shield, which is already gaining half a card. So great, gain a card and a half total from your heal. Yeah. And then you'll get the DI one, right? Soul Charge 2 is kind of like vaguely also half a card or something.
0: Yeah. Well, it depends on uh, where in the game you are because a- as you get uh, as you get closer to that threshold of 15, it loses utility. And once mm-hmm. you get past 15, this is this is just like, you know, burning your own bridge under your feet.
1: Yeah, I'm going to say half a card because there's some extra value it gains with Blade Wing Sullivan. But,
0: yeah, uh,
1: that's true. Uh, so I'm just going to say half a card. So it has the same game of, you know, gaining a card and a half. Yeah. Look at the royal powder one, it's you know, it's pretty free, right? It just gains a card. Or uh,
0: gains, you know, gains a card for free. Are we talking about laser guard or are you talking about the uh the, the the good
1: one grain? No, no, the the even the first one. That if you have a grade two auto, yeah. if you have a grade two plus
0: like show. Laser guard,
1: yeah. And you're you're generally gonna have a grade two, so it's not as bad as some of the other ones. Yeah. And then you look at cards like, you know, and it gains a card. And then you look at stuff like Uh, Murakumo, where it requires you to have played a card on field, so, you know, let's say you're down half a card, because it needs to be grade 1 or 2, yeah, in order to get a half a card, or, you know, in order to get your full card, so you're only up half a card. Yeah. So there's, like, a whole card difference between the worst G-guards and the best G-guards for for, um,
0: you know, one clan versus For the first
1: run of G-guards. Yeah. Which is nuts. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. It seems like with the United Sanctuary, the conditional ones, uh, Bushiro did a better job of like doing the condition than it did with other clans, like so Gold Paladin, you need to have two or more rear guards, okay, I can do that. You know, mm-hmm. Royals gotta have, to have, you know, grade two, that's fine. Shadows, you gotta move the grade one to guard circle. I kinda get it in that it well, like, at first it was stupid because people were like, well, I'm just going to lose a grade one. But then when they started revealing the ritual stuff, that made a little more sense because then you're like, oh, cool. I can just feel a ritual. That
1: one's, like, even more awkward. Like, Shadows does call a lot of extra grade ones to their convenience. Yeah. But you're still, you know, spending probably a counter blast for this grade one. Yeah. So let's just say half a card just to call the grade one.
0: Yeah. And then
1: you lose the grade one, so you're down a card to gain a card. So you're, like, down half a card just using the G-Guard already. Yeah. But I mean, it's with, just like they,
0: like they fixed it with plot maker, at least
1: a oh, plot maker is the, you know, gain a car, gain, you know, a card and a half for no cost. Yeah,
0: basically. Um, and then, you know, like OTT, three or more cards in hand, three or three or more cards in hand is not hard to do. Um, and then they also did well with uh, Amaterasu, which sucks because mm-hmm. the rest of the clan is like, oh, my God. Actually, yeah. that's probably a good uh, thing to switch to with um, with OTT's thing, where you know drawing cards doesn't necessarily equate to advantage.
1: Yeah, so I have a little rant about this. Go for it. <laughs> um, in most card games, if you have say like a subs- you know, like double the cards of your opponent, you're very, very likely to win that game. Like if I'm if I see somebody playing a game of Yu Gi Oh and the board position is, like, relatively even, and one player has, like, 20 cards, or or, I say 20, one player has, like, 6 cards, and the other player has, like, 2 cards, I'm going to assume the player with 6 cards is probably going to win that game. Like, there's, like, a pretty decent percent chance the person with 6 cards is going to win. You know? Yeah. If you draw, like, 4 extra cards in Yu-Gi-Oh!, you're probably going to win that game. And your opponent doesn't, you're probably going to win that game. If I look at a game of Magic in the same game, if the board position is relatively even and somebody has, like, five cards in hand, their opponent has, like, one card in hand, I assume the person is with the five cards is going to win. Right? Okay. And now, card advantages and everything, there's the ability to play the cards, so this is kind of what the uh, GB, GB1 gets into. Like, if, if, I, if I'm playing Magic, right, and I fill my deck with all these cards that I can't play till I like turn five or six, and my opponent kills me by turn four, I basically had no castable cards in my hand. I cast zero spells that whole game. And my opponent just, you know, just punished me for it. In Vanguard, the cards that act like 5 and 6 drops are going to be the things that have, you know, restrictions like GB1. Or like grade 3 rearguards that might have effects. You know, these are going to be a little late to the party. And so you need to make sure you're not losing at grade 2. And so there's some inherent value in that. Uh, the other point... Is that if you have, you know, say like five cards up on your opponent in Vanguard, th- it, you are not sub- that much more likely to win that game. As you would be in, say, Yu-Gi-Oh! or Magic. And the reason that is, is because most strides in this game just do what they say they do. Like, it's having more cards is not going to improve your strides te- text box. There are only six spots on the board in which you can place cards. And cards don't move uh, move from the board that easily. See in Yu Gi Oh, um, there's ten. You know, well, there not only are there ten spots on the board. Cards leave pretty frequently. You know, you can you can X-seize a couple monsters. Now you change two cards into one card and gain an additional advantage with the Xyz effect. You can play spells that just leave the field immediately. Traps, etc. You know, yeah, you know, traps. Uh, you know, popping your own continuous spells or traps, like you know, a lot of decks do nowadays, and you know you're gain you're gaining advantage while making space to play additional cards so these extra cards you draw are being used to gain advantage in vanguard this is just not really possible once you play a unit if you you can't get the you know the value of that unit without being unable to play more cards
0: yeah which that that's why it like decks like brave or gold paladin it feels so like annoying to call over your own stuff to get more to Pillman too to call over your mm-hmm. own stuff to get more attacks, and because you know you're wasting resources to do so, and uh, the way Deckout works in this game, uh, you better be winning that turn. Yeah, um, Murakumo too with Tenma.
1: Yeah, I've seen a lot of games where uh, Royal Paladin just ran out of grade twos to call, um, but you look at the you know the top. I'm I'm going to say top tier clans, and by top tier clans, I'm going to refer to specifically. Um, well, I'm just going to refer to Night Rose and Gears, and let everyone argue about what else I mean. Uh, there, there, there are probably one to two other decks in top tier at this point, but Sanctuary uh, uh, Garden, Luard, yeah, pretty much. But uh, I I just want to talk about uh, Gear Chronicle and Grand Blue for a little bit. Is that these decks are unique in the sense that they can gain advantage while attacking? um they can mo- make multiple attacks like the meta dictates but while g- either gaining advantage or conserving resources they do yeah. not like gears doesn't have to call over stuff to get extra attacks
0: because yeah. their stuff just leaves Grandblue yeah. just doesn't give a shit because the stuff leaving goes back to where you get your resources in the first place it's like yeah it's like spending money at your own business it just goes right back in your pocket uh, that's the worst analogy
1: I've ever heard, but it's fine. Do
0: you have a better one? <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly. Moving on. Just because I don't have a better one doesn't make. Oh, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> but. Yeah, the Grand Blue's just like, oh, oh no, I have to retire my unit to make additional attacks. Oh no, I lost my. I attack with Nightstorm and. Retired and called over a thing. Oh wait, it doesn't matter because
0: I can get it back. Right all there. your
1: all your units are probably dying anyway. And secondly, who cares? Yeah, like like you're gaining additional attacks, and they're st- still going to end up in a place where you can get them back next turn.
0: Yeah, and then with I the think time leap, it, it goes. You know, you can turn that just into like I think in the very rare case the cost for you know, getting the next card is the card itself, so it's not like you pay the cost for the new card and then just the other one gets like brushed away in the crossfire, kind of like uh, Brave, where you have to just call, you pay the cost to call your new card and it just kind of steps on the old one. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I want to talk about Time Leap for a second in terms of like um, card, card advantage. Yeah. So you start with a card, let's say you start with Melum or something, right? Yeah. Let's say your board is like Melum History Maker, you know, some stuff, and let's say your History Maker has enough power to hit your opponent's Vanguard, right? So you attack with Melum for eleven, right? Your opponent plays, discards, disc, you know, guards the five K shield; it's half a card. Your Melum turns into something. Let's just say, let's just say you were not as unfortunate, and you just call Erwatar or something, right? Then you attack with your History Maker, right? And your opponent has to drop another half card. So you're at one card. And, oh, but also, also, you get to counter one. So now we're, we're paying a cost here to get rid of Urwitar into, what, say another Melon?
0: Yeah. And then attack with Melon again.
1: And then you, you yeah. get to... But, but Urwitar is in bind zone from rear,
0: right? Yeah.
1: So we get to draw two, put one back in our deck. and So put now our, we're up two cards.
0: And put Urwitar back also, so you can do that shit right. again. Which has some inherent value. Yeah.
1: And then we get to do a
0: similar shit again.
1: So we're up like you know two and a half cards for all counterblast, and I haven't attacked on my vanguard yet. Okay, like this is really insane. Like this is using a counterblast, and you still have attacks to make.
0: You know? Yeah. I can't tell if you're pausing for dramatic effect or you want me to answer. No, I want you to respond. <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, yeah, and then also, the the whole thing where we're saying like half a card is 5k shield, yes, uh, like, you know, where people guard with a 5k shield, I know I'm positive people are going to go, but I'm still losing a card from my hand. Doesn't that count as a full card? Because I had six cards in my hand, I guarded with the draw trigger, now it's five. Technically, yes. But as as well because, you know, depending on the you know, on the deck, half a card can mean a lot more to something like uh you know, Aqua Force, where you have to, you know, use the few and far between draw effects you have to get more cards mm-hmm. into your hand than something like Grey Nature, where you will retire one and draw five. Um also, I like one of the best feelings is attacking for something and forcing your opponent to drop more shield than they have to, where they go, okay, attack for 16 on your 11, and they're like, well, that's a really good on-hit effect, so guard for, or attack for 11 on 11, they have to drop a 10k shield.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're gaining value because your opponent's overguarding.
0: Yeah. And... Yeah, you, you
1: It was it was good for you to mention that uh the it might not add up, but it makes the math. It makes uh overguarding seem a uh it brings a lot of attention to overguarding. Yeah, which a lot of people just see you know a card's a card. Yeah, which you know it's just good to be aware of that you can guard more than than uh than the attack. Yeah, than the attack. Sorry, people are talking outside my door for some reason. It's okay. okay.
0: Um, uh, What was I thinking of? Another thing to note is that... uh, Sorry, back to G-guards for a second. Uh, If your G-guard, you know, gets you a thing, and you're using... Like, our friend Chris does this a lot, where he'll guard with Iris, playing Genesis, um, and Iris will equate to more shield than the attack actually, like, you know calls for but mm-hmm. he still wants those three cards in soul um, and depending on right. something like usually you want to save that for well I have two taros and a Delia in drop zone and I want those in my soul so you may be losing let's say if they're attacking for 16 and you guard with Iris so with, with the math we were saying this whole time that's one and a half cards that's 15k more shield than oh wait yeah, 15... No, sorry, 10k. So it's a card. It's 10k more shield than the attack called for, but you're getting back two attacks, you know, two soul, or, you know, net one soul. So two two more attacks and a soul just on its own. I don't know how... Like, do you have a a, a value on how much an attack is without any, like, power on it? Um...
1: So, what what we should look at is we should still say that the attack is worth half a card.
0: Yeah.
1: And your opponent, and by Chris, by doing this, is giving up inherent value. Like, let's say he just puts three random cards in the soul, right? Yeah. So, the way you want to calculate this is you want to think about the inherent value of, his, like, how much more powerful it makes his next turn.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, if he does this and strides, like, Doombrace on Fender, this is a wasted card. Right. Yeah. Like, this is not making full advantage of that first turn play. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if he had, you know, barely, you know, two soul, did Iris, and then strode Vanergander immediately, I think this is a much, much better line. Yeah. But this only works assuming you have enough damage. So, it's, and, and this is what I think makes um, Vanguard pretty difficult, is how much are you willing to value your opponent's damage versus the strength of your play versus your opponent, your your ability, like, how, how much you're going to trigger?
0: Yeah. I think this so is... You,
1: sorry, go ahead. If your opponent's at, like, three damage, right, and, you know, let's say, you know, you play some coach no early, maybe you hit a stand trigger, your opponent's at three damage, first stride, you know, don't heal, whatever, and then you G-guard for a small attack versus Iris, with Iris, right, and set up a next-turn Vandergander with your opponent at 3, that's going to be much more punishing than setting up a first-stride Vandergander when your opponent's at 1. Okay. So I think the situation comes down to um, how threatening that first-stride is, and how many more cards you're, will- you're going to get out of that is worth more than waiting on this G-Guard.
0: That's true. Um, we should. I should probably explain the reason for this episode even coming into uh being i guess sure first off i got the idea from watching a youtube series called extra or the the channel's called extra credits but they have a series called extra history where they just talk about the stuff you may not have learned about in history class and the episode in question that i'm referring to is something called the resource war where they talked about how the reason like hitler was so aggressive in the early stages of world war ii with like blitzkrieg lightning war flare all that stuff was because he did not have you know germany didn't really have you know oil fields or stuff like that so that's why he you know was really friendly with stalin at the beginning of the stages just go watch it for yourself but the point is it got me thinking about in vanguard you know what what is it worth to do this what is it worth to do that um and you should you you know to the players out there maybe think about this episode next time you're like should i Killing my opponent's rear guard—how much value does that have versus going face? Um, mm-hmm. And I have gotten a bit of a reputation for myself among my friends for just bullying rear guards a lot, um, even when you shouldn't. I know. <laughs> Best example of this was one time out of spite, I attacked someone's rear guard with Saint Blow. It's a thing you can ask Gabe. Um, <sighs> but yeah, so, so I know. <laughs> But just like keep, keep this, I you know keep this episode in mind. You know when you're at a regional and don't try and let it bog you down too much. But just you know, how, what what are the, like all the cards that are coming and going for my hand, field, soul, drop zone, et cetera, What are they worth?
1: I think um, a good heuristic to apply this. Yeah. And we've kind of outlined one with like so one heuristic is kind of like, you know, equating a five field ship with half card and one and 10K shield with a full card. This is a little outdated with G Guards now, but um it it, it it approximates the situation. Um another good heuristic is think about what think about what the gate you want the game to look like after your play under normal circumstances. So you know if you're striding, you know, imagine you hit a trigger, what is the game going to look like? And is it worth the cost of the cards you have now?
0: well put um i don't know i i always imagine when they go like think about what what would you want to do under normal circumstances i'm thinking of that uh scene from the sherlock holmes movie with robert downey jr where he's like this is what's going to happen in the in like the <laughs> boxing match and then he just beats the crap out of the guy
1: <laughs> well what a lot of people do is they like to imagine either a really bad scenarios you know where things like oh i'm not going to trigger on five drive checks then what do i do well that's unlikely or they imagine these other magical Christmas land scenarios where just everything they need to happen happens.
0: Yeah. And but I, you want to...
1: A lot of people wanna,
0: have the Christmas land thing. Continue. Yes.
1: And you want to imagine the most average scenario if possible. So the average scenario for any particular stride is getting exactly one trigger trick. Does yeah. the average necessarily happen? Uh, you know, none at all. But that's that's the expected trigger count is one. Um, I was gonna I was gonna say another point on this.
0: I ruined your train of thought. I'm sorry. This fucking guy. (laughs) Uh, The other. What was I gonna say? Talking about christmas land and you know imagining scenarios like the game tells you to
1: i don't remember you don't remember and it's probably wasn't important don't worry i can cut it out (laughs) um but yeah so you you want to just you know think ahead a little bit oh right i remember what i was gonna say yeah uh Also, don't imagine like your opponent's going to make as many mistakes as humanly possible, even though they might. Yeah. Ideally, you should be if you are playing a tight game. You should be doing this regard, you know, with your opponent making the best decisions. You might say, but Matt, there are some matchups that feel unwinnable if I if I make the best decisions. I'm like, if they make the best decisions, rather, then you're like, yeah, those are called bad matchups. Yeah. And if you feel like Grand is a bad matchup with all of your decks. That's probably because Grand Blue is tier one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that's how it feels with everything I play. Like I hate playing playing James now, just because it's like <sighs> his decks aren't even tier one though. They're like, just annoying. Uh, no, I was mostly talking about Night Rose. Chaos doesn't bother me too much. Oh yeah, he does have Night Rose. I forgot about that. Yeah, or Rupier. I guess Rupier's got Night Rose too. Yeah. Um.
1: Although James's Night Rose is p- poorly built, you can get advantage there. No, oh, that's good. And it's not poorly, board, poorly poorly built because he doesn't know how he should build it. It's poorly
0: built because he's lazy. I mean, that's fine. Uh to people like you guys haven't met James. James is uh the guy who came up with our uh the idea for the episode of um the like Design bro, Space Design Space. Yes, that was that was his idea. And I want to have him on here at some point, James. But he keeps, he keeps being like, I wanna... no, I yeah. don't think
1: I know enough. Yeah. Which is annoying. And, and I keep telling him, and I am keep telling him, not that we do this, of course. They just pretend that you know stuff. Yeah. I'm, oh, yeah <laughs> I am I, I
0: pretend I know stuff. But, like, he'll talk your that ear off. That was the joke. Okay. Man. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I asked him what he thought of the new, uh, like, all the G 8s like, with uh, the Link Joker one. And he sent me this, like... War and Peace novel of a text.
1: <laughs> that sounds like something
0: he would do. Yeah. Um, it is there anything else you want to add about this topic, or? Um,
1: I mean, there's still quite a bit that, um, like there's there's still more to talk about with this topic. Like you can discern from this um, how much things might be worth against particular clans, like against Spike Brothers. I don't want to be at very late damages early because Mayhem Tiger makes it nearly impossible to guard later in the game. Yeah. So you should value your first several damage more against Spike Brothers than you should against most other clans, probably. mm mm-hmm. um, And so you want to think about what your opponent's clan could do and how much you being at five damage is worth to them.
0: Yeah. Also, certain units have uh, more, more value than others in certain clans. Example... Uh, if you're playing against Aquaforce, take out that title assault. That thing is, you know, very much the pillar keeping that building up most of the time. Or Foivos. Foivos, uh, Tank Mammoth and Tachikaze, uh, Crayon Tiger. Do you, do you have one of those from Murakumo?
1: No, all of our regards suck. <laughs> oh, you kill Fugen, the starter. Yeah, because f- yeah, you're bouncing that back and forth. If, if you can possibly get, If you can possibly get him. If you have a clan that can get Fugen, you should definitely get Fugen. Yeah, Frog Raider. I've upped it to three now. Oh really? yeah, Frog Raider for sure. Frog yeah, I've upped it to one. three. And the reason I upped it to three is so I can use Murkumo's other shitty G-Guard, Shishi Yuzuki, to call it to Guard Circle, clone it from my deck, right? So that's two of them, yeah. and still have another one in my deck to draw and play. Oh, that's good. Uh, it is amazing. I mean, the deck sucks, but you know, having the third Fugen feels really good. Yeah. Um,
0: let's see. I think it's interesting to note that the, the the grade ones in Shadow Paladin that are worth a lot are like they don't care because when you no. like you know they want them in there,
1: and they're 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 basically free cards anyway.
0: Yeah, that's that's what makes the Luar deck so strong. Is that the grade ones that they do get? They get you know their utility off of it right away, and then if you kill them, okay, cool. I'll just put them back or they have more utility in the drop zone than they did on the field. It's uh, you realize that
1: Shadow Paladin's at the point where they're like Counter Blast, one, soul, counter blast 2, Soul Blast 1, draw 5?
0: Yes. And this is the point that Shadow Paladin's at. Yeah. And they can do this every turn. My favorite thing is that like like they don't really care if they trigger anymore. They're just like, I'm taking triggers out of the deck so I can draw more cards, thanks. Mm-hmm. Like, you might call... um.
1: What's that grade one uh, sword? Like you might call your one sword breaker, on, like the first one, just to get ritual. Yeah, because I assume you had to write a grade one at one point. Yeah, <laughs> and then like, for the rest of the game, you just owl 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 owl. Yeah, I mean owl is a completely unreasonable card, by the way. Yeah, because it not only replaces itself as cost, so it makes retire a guy cost now zero. It also can be called out from. Your stride stride skill, skill, yeah, every turn because it goes back to your deck, presumably.
0: Yeah, so that's the gift that keeps on giving. It's Um. herpes. (laughs) I don't know why that made me laugh so hard. Just herpes. What that deadpan? That's the classic (laughs) gift. (laughs) Oh, the gift that keeps on giving. It is the glitter of Vanguard. Please, yeah. Claire's.
1: Um, Claire's is a herpes depository. You know what Claire's is? That you know that sketch or I should say sketchy, that's not what I mean trashy. Is that the one I'm looking for? Yeah. Store on the mall that sells lot oh no, you're from Santa Monica. You probably don't know what a mall is. I, um, I know what a mall is. The Westside Pavilion <laughs> is a thing. <laughs> Alright. Yeah. So it, they they probably don't have Claire's is, is the no, one I really want. They do not it's just they sell a bunch of glitter and like stuff like that. and like you know I mean, not craft shit but like ec- like makeup and accessories
0: but with more glitter than necessary. Oh okay. So so like if you took forever 21 and just cranked that shit up to max like yeah when spinal yeah, Tap... Like forever, 21 forever 21 is like
1: very is like very is like very is like fine, right? Yeah. But like this place is just
0: infinite glitter the place.
1: <laughs> My, and fa- sequins, like.
0: My favorite thing is that th- this that whole like you know bit of conversation was go- like we have nothing to say from that that was not uh like <laughs> that that wasn't circling back to a point we're just running in the other direction
1: <laughs> yeah but uh i i guess i, I guess i sh- i should say this uh, vanguard is reduce like the whole stride era what it's really did is started reducing the costs on things that they've already been doing like calling units is now much much cheaper because it's on a stride the g zone is now a resource yeah. Which pretty much uh, halves the counterblast
0: cost or whatever you had to do before. Yeah. <coughs> and, and, oh, actually that's probably a good uh, thing to mention. Because, like, the, the whole thing of, like, oh, GB2, GB3. G-Guard's made that quicker. Where you can go, mm-hmm. okay, I'm gonna G-Guard. I rushed you to, you know, 4 in grade 2 games. Stride the Dogma. It's death time.
1: Yep. The first stride was pretty good. Yeah. And like dogma is in effect, you might have paid counterblast, you know, two or three, four before. But since it's a stride now, you've paid no counterblast. I mean, and steady pay counterblast for other things.
0: I mean, you do have to eat the five, but like you know, with sure. Gai- with guy stride still that makes it three. And then if you if any of those were tank mammoth two, etc. Camera. Yeah, camera. It, it you know, in, 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 in Magic Christmas land. Okay, I'm going to start using Christmas land more often. In Christmas land, uh. Your field is mammoth chimera. Two things you call with uh, Gaia. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So. What I like most about
1: so one problem I have with like, and this is kind of off topic, but maybe and maybe I shouldn't say this now. I mean, we just talked I have...
0: about players, so you go off, as sure. off topic as you want.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that I have with like Fenrir for Genesis is yeah. that all the strides are kind of constructed. No thinking you have to have be on Fenrir. Yeah, like. There's a lot of the new Genesis units don't really soul charge by themselves. Yeah. Um, the other, but if you look at Dogma, it does work favorably with Ancient Dragons due to how the heart card retains name.
0: Yeah.
1: Or it gains the name of the heart card. So, Dogma is actually still working with older
0: versions of Tachikaze. Yeah. Which is the, pretty nice. I think Dogma was a very well designed card. Yes. Um, I don't know. It's,
1: it, it's it's very in, powerful, but fair.
0: Yeah, it it seems like they they got their shit together with Tachikaze when they with that whole it. tech booster, man. Yeah. Well.
1: Yeah. yeah. I'll just say the whole tech booster. <laughs> Nobody plays Nubatama, so I don't need to, I don't need to bring it up. Yeah. I don't know. But when the TD comes out, everyone will play Nubatama. Yep. Oh, and uh, this resource thing kind of goes kind of uh, I the point I mentioned about uh, cards in hand not being not like they they have defensive value but they don't have offensive value at least not until your turn. Right. Well, even then they might not have offensive value. Yeah. Um which is why this whole hand uh, this hand finagling aspect of Nubatama was not very favorable. It's because you're like you needed to, you needed to put your opponent in a situation where you could kill them.
0: Yeah. I mean it was basically the equivalent of, like, your clan, you know, comparing to Udeo here, it would be like your clan having random MSTs going off all the time.
1: But does MST negate?
0: No, it does not. But okay. it's not like you have stuff that can negate the MSTs going off. But if my opponent activates tanky, MST, it negates it, right? Tanky is what again?
1: Uh, fire formation tenki on act. It's a continuous spell on activation. Search your deck for a, a fire fist out of the hand. Well, I think all because
0: fame. I think because. It's or like
1: no, it's, level four beast yeah. warrior. Sorry.
0: I think because it's a continuous and. R-
1: that 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 is
0: in fact why. Okay. But and then change. I just like asked the
1: question: Does MST negate to trigger
0: your geo players? Oh okay, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, well, I don't really have anything else to say, so I guess uh, you know. Stay smart. Think about what we said. We love you. We'll see you next time. I was Atlas.
1: And I'm Matt. And have a good one, everyone.
0: I want to take the time to thank anybody who found this podcast. Uh, I also recommend sharing it with your friends, family, anybody who likes Vanguard. Uh, You can find us on SoundCloud or on your podcast app, that little purple thing that goes in the folder of the stuff you can't delete, like stocks. Who uses stocks? Anyway, you can also tweet me, Atlas Novak, so at A-T-L-A-S-N-O-V-A-C-K. You can also tweet at Nexus at Night, N-E-X-U-S-A-T-N-I-G-H-T. Or you can tweet the Nexus Core YouTube channel, so at N-E-X-U-S-C-O-R-P-S. Be sure to check out that YouTube channel uh we have you know card fights and deck profiles and all that good stuff